Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Oh! Wonderful shot by Lennox Lewis! A right hand by Holyfield! By Boston Dodgers! Look at this! He's knocked by Tyson down for the first time in his career! But unfortunately, it'll never happen. Front! Bunches! And bunches! And it's over! I think it's gonna be over! say there seems an element of genuine hate between these two Ambrose. For sure. I don't hate the man. Just imagine if you bought a ticket. Stop it, Frank. You can stop it any time. Castillo's in trouble. Weak steps in and the fight is over. Oh! Welcome back to the Legendary Nights After Show. I am joined, as always, by Lukey for another episode, dissecting the most recent episode of the Legendary Nights podcast, which was the tale of Canelo Alvarez versus Triple G, Gennady Golovkin. A modern-day classic, a modern-day trilogy. And for me, this episode really is all about reminiscing on recent times and being involved in the media side of this sport, Luke, for so long as we both have been, it's kind of strange that we're doing an after show on our legendary night's tale that we've covered that is so recent for us. And that actually me and Johnston have done previews for and reaction shows for, and I'm sure yourself, you've, you've been doing it for your own podcast and everything you've done previously. So it is a little bit surreal to be kind of doing this in, in retrospect, but I am thoroughly happy to be doing it because it was a modern-day classic, and looking back on it now, it really will stand the test of time, in my opinion, as one of those trilogies that will be looked at in 20, 30 years down the time and will still be talked about in the same way some of the other great trilogies are talked about. So I'm happy to be talking about it. There's so much to dissect, of course, with this trilogy of these two fighters in particular, but I'm going to bring this over to you to begin with, Lukey. And I always like to sort of get an opening an opening line, an opening word from you as to what you look at when you think of this particular tale. So 
for this is going to be the most privileged monologue intro ever. The I had just started working at, with Victor Conti at Snack System as a video guy, and I'd gone to Paris, France for a period with my mom. My mom took me on a vacation to Paris. The press release came to my email when I was in Paris. Totally didn't expect to ever be around it. Then the Mr. Olympia happened, and Brina Martinez was competing in it, and that happened the same week at, weekend as Canelo Golovkin. So though I was not there, I will always remember it because I was staying at the Orleans Hotel and walking down to the MGM when I had free time just to see what the atmosphere was. So for me, it was interesting because it's one of those moments in the sport where I didn't feel the beats of media week. Now I'd say for the past two and a half years, I've really been living it where like if something happens now, I remember pretty much every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, etc. This I remember my first time working as a true professional, as a video guy on the road, in the field, doing stuff and taking field trips down to the MGM Grand because I, I coveted the opportunity to be able to, to follow a boxer. I'm like, I'm really good at filming, but wouldn't it be cool if I could get an opportunity with a boxer? So looking back on on this now, it's, for me, a trilogy that, as I said before in my opening monologue, a trilogy that I think will really be appreciated in many years to come. In the same way that myself and Johnston have done this show over the past few years where we've brought out underrated moments in the sport or underrated fights between fighters that I think need more exposure. This doesn't need exposure per se, but because it's such a modern-day classic trilogy, it felt necessary for, for us to do something on this because we had a complete story. We had a story of two fighters which had eluded each other for one reason or another for, for many years before they got in the ring. And eventually, when they get in the ring together, we finally get some of the answers to the questions we'd been asking ourselves as fans for many years. And then we get a controversial decision at the end in which many people, including Johnston, who's always been very transparent about how he feels about that first fight between the two of them. A lot of people felt that Triple G won that first particular fight. So going back to you then, Luke, because we've never had this conversation, albeit a recent fight, we've ne never actually dissected that particular fight. I'm interested to know from your perspective now, being around this at the time and looking back now, reflecting upon that first fight is Johnston right in his assessment or is it just an opinion of his where he believes adamantly that Golovkin should have won that first fight and that he was denied the opportunity for that big victory in his career I mean for me personally I think there's no doubt that Golovkin should have won the first fight I think he won the second fight too I think the first fight accurate scorecard was 8-4 I think the second fight was 7-5 and then Canelo waited until Golovkin was a very old fighter to do the third fight. And then that, the way history is going to remember it is Canelo won two of the three fights. But I think that this first fight led to kind of Golovkin turning into Marvin Hagler. But if Marvin Hagler had a state of boxer, I think that Golovkin got very annoyed by the politics of the sport of boxing, burnout. And he stuck with it for the opportunity to fight Canelo again because he felt wronged. But I think that the guy that people fell in love with, the quirky, charming character, he forever was gone. You know, this 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 one fight, the Canelo-Golovkin one fight, kind of robbed him of his career-defining moment. And because of that, I think that 
he kind of held a resentment towards the sport of boxing that never really got repaired. And that resentment was even more added to in the lead-up, of course, to their second outing between one another because of the fact that there was the clenbuterol scandal, which then delayed that second fight from happening. And in going back and doing this episode, it was quite evident we put a couple of sound bites in for the episode. If you've not heard it already, we did do a sound bite with an interview with Golovkin where he's getting interviewed by ESPN and you know he's talking about this and we read quotes out in from other interviews how he literally accused Canelo of being a cheater and how he had more leniency in the sport and how he was gifted a lot of things within the sport and you can looking back on it now you can tell how how that resentment was starting to build up within him as an individual that quirky guy as you rightly pointed out was gone forever and all we got then was the the serious drama show that he wanted to produce in the ring against Canelo and leading up to that second fight the elephant in the room, of course, is the clenbuterol scandal. Now, Johnston, in the episode in particular, sort of softened to the idea that maybe there was a mistake made by Canelo and by the people around him, but other people are still, still absolutely adamant that he was taking clenbuterol to not essentially performance-enhanced because it isn't a performance-enhancing drug. It's a drug that makes you strip weight and lose fat. But still, that being said, that was found in his system. Again, we've never had this conversation. We've never dissected that particular moment in time. And ultimately, he got his six months ban and he kind of served that in retrospect. So by the time that was up, he was ready for the fight in the September of 2018. So going back to that moment and what was going on at the time, Luke, what were your thoughts and feelings at the time? And, and how do you look back on it now? I can tell you exactly where I was. I was at Snack. Uh, the snack gym, and Mike Basil came into the common area, Casey Croft's now office, kind of. I think she has a better office now, but we used to have this communal room in between the gym and the storefront at Snack, and then there was the famous ring that everyone sees on the posters and stuff. And I remember, I want to say Baz or somebody in the office said Canelo got caught for taking this substance, and I didn't even know what it was. And everyone was waiting for Victor Conti to get to the office because we were trying to figure out what's clenbuterol because he's the guy. He knows everything. But my first response was, how is this happening? And then to, to add strength to this after story, within 48 hours, I was at the gym again, Snack Gym, and we had a phone call with Vanez Martirosian. He's coming to our gym. The world doesn't know it. He's coming to the gym. And he's the replacement. They're moving the card from Vegas to the StubHub Center for Golovkin to fight Vanez Murderosian. He was negotiating the contract, but he was trying to see where um, he fit in or how he could fit in to um, training with us at Snack. So I remember this whole thing very distinctively because it was shocking and then it was immediately, get your butt in gear, let's get to work. But the actual moment then the moment he gets found to be tested positive for clenbuterol the aftermath of it i suppose straight straight talking really here do you believe his story do you believe it was a contaminated meat are you over another opinion lukey of, of that he was actually caught cheating intentionally i mean i don't care at this point like you know i think we all have our beliefs um the fact of the matter is my belief is this if you get caught, even if you're a victim of the circumstance, you got caught. So I, I, 
I know people who have been clean, who have tested positive based on technicalities, and they've been condemned. That's just the way I look at it. So if you got caught, the world has the right to look at you like you cheated. And I think that the issue I have with Canelo at times is his power and wealth makes it so he wants to try to bully and intimidate the media to ignore that he did fail a test. Um, I don't know. I think that with popular fighters, there's always going to be people more more willing to believe that something else happened. And then like, like a perfect example, Alicia Bumgarner, she does a bunch of hot girl shit. And people are like, oh, man, she's she's a boss. And it's like we've never even heard a reasonable explanation why she tested positive. But then if, like, a, a fighter that no one has an attachment to, like Hannah Gabriels does, oh, my God, she's a cheater. So there's a level of popularity um, to the morality of drug testing as well. And that was Golovkin's perception of it at the time, wasn't it? He was basically saying that Canelo was getting leniency because of how popular he is and, and how officials and governing bodies were, were sort of showing that. And I always believed, to be honest with you, at the time I remember doing the, uh, the the scandal around it and having these conversations. And for me, it was all about the fact that the star power that he brought to the sport and the fact that he's become the face of boxing, it kind of weighed in his favour that he was able to not essentially brush it under the carpet because he did serve a, a technical ban. But it, uh, it's been forgotten about. Like, we talk about Canelo now, years later, and it's like nobody really brings that up anymore nobody talks about that anymore it was one of the key parts of this trilogy and this story was that you know it played into the fact that that second fight did get delayed slightly and that it created more resentment within Golovkin as a fighter and then they go into that second fight and again like you said earlier on you felt like Golovkin won that second fight and Johnston initially wasn't so sure about it but then when he did the episode and after doing his research for it and watching the fights back, he looked back in retrospect and actually said, you know what, I think Golovkin won that second. And it's great to hear your opinion on it and, and you kind of going down the same route as Johnston, really. You kind of feel exactly the same. I mean, for me, personally, the first two fights, I always believed that Golovkin won that first fight. And obviously, Judge Adelaide Bird had a real shocker that night and had 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 a moment and people focused on that moment. But then when you go into that second fight, the second fight was... was competitive it was more competitive in my opinion and I feel like maybe that could have been one of those fights that could have been scored in Golovkin's favor but yet Canelo got the decision and I just don't think he he did enough to get the decision in that one and I think that's why I always look at that now and think yeah maybe it could have been scored the other way but then you rightly pointed out the third fight I mean the third fight seems relatively irrelevant in the grand scheme of things because you rightly pointed out earlier like Golovkin had aged much more and he was he was quite clear leading up to that fight in prior fights that Golovkin was involved in that he just weren't the same fighter and he was getting older by the time it was catching up with him. So when that third fight was announced and it took place, I, I just knew he weren't going to win. You know, as much as I wanted him to win, I wanted him to finally get that little bit of moment in his career where people can honestly say he'd, he'd you know he'd got a career defining win not like he hadn't had big wins before of course I make it sound like he didn't he did but that was the one it was that moment it was that trilogy between the three of them where Golovkin never got his moment within it and like you said when people look back on it all they'll see is a draw and two wins for Canelo on the score sheet rather than looking back at the fact that Golovkin probably should have been given at least one of those decisions and that he doesn't look great in history so long after we're gone and people 
might do things like this and they look at the records and go, yeah, you know, Golovkin was was beaten by Canelo and, and maybe don't sort of see what we saw. So when I look back on these these fights and I look back on this trilogy, like many trilogies, you always get great fights within them. You always get great moments within them. And I think this sort of stands up there with many of the great trilogies of all time. But when we look back on all these other trilogies that have been covered before, how does it how does it fare in terms of its significance? How does it fare in terms of its star power? And how does it fare in terms of its quality? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, it's good, but what makes this one interesting is the complexities of life. So for me, like the fact that Golovkin will never will always need an astute observer to explain the importance of his career and history because of this fight um the PED scandal the fact that even though this is Canelo's defining win to most fans Canelo's actually defining his career as the super the super middleweight undisputed champion he's kind of moving away from this trilogy kind of strategically almost it's a great trilogy but i would say that there's not really a great fight out of the three, they're all three just kind of very competitive fights. They kind of are like Shock Foster versus Abraham Nova, but at a very high pay-per-view level, and it was a competitive fight, and it had us engaged who's going to win. But in terms of, like, the great, like, I wouldn't say it's better than Wilder Fury, which every fight was like a, a very dramatic thing, but I'd say the context and the importance for history in general is what makes this trilogy so important. For me, it does it does sort of stand the test of time because I feel like 
with us doing what we do for our podcasts, we, we like to tell the stories. And I think when we look back on this and we, we see the stories surrounding it, there's there's controversy, it has its drama, it has its moments, it has a, a failed drugs test scandal involved in it all. And then it has the third fight, which is where everybody knows that the aging fighter is he's just looking for that one last hurrah to potentially get that big that big drama show, as he always likes to say. And ultimately, when I look at other trilogies that I've covered, like Ingemar Johansson and Floyd Patterson, Barrera Morales, you know, look at the Gattis and Wards of the world, and you look at all these major trilogies. I mean, you could even look at Pacquiao Marquez, even though they had four fights, they still had three fights within that four fights. So it's like I look at all these different all these different moments that I've covered and all these different fights that I've covered and I compare it and I think to myself, does it stand up against the rest of them? Does it stand up against Bo versus Holyfield? Does it stand up against it? And for for this era, I think it I think it does. I think it does stand up there. You're right, Lukey, I agree with you that it doesn't have one defining fight within it. It doesn't have that one defining moment. Whereas when you do compare it to Fury versus Wilder. There's there's many defining moments, of course, in in their trilogy. But for me, as a, as an overall product, as an overall moment in time, I do think it sort of stands up there. I do think it will be remembered, hopefully in a fond way, and we can look back on that and have many conversations in in years to come about this particular trilogy. And hopefully, we'll get to see many more trilogies that will be able to stand the test of time. But when you go back and you look at this this trilogy as a whole and you look at their their careers going into these trilogies as a whole how would you how would you define it how would you in your mind what sort of lasting impression does it leave that you could sort of project onto to our listeners as uh, you know what would they what would they compare it to um to me this is a um i don't know i mean the thing I'd compare it most to would be who's the Mexican fighter that ever that died early, um, twenty four years old, Saul Sanchez. Um, it's kind of like the great what if. What if Golovkin had a one? Like to me, it's not really a trilogy. It compares to it's more like Saul Sanchez. If he hadn't have died, would he have been the greatest Mexican fighter ever? And I think that this trilogy to me forever will be what if Golovkin had a one one of these fights? Would Golovkin have? become a public figure? Would Golovkin not have been reclusive? Would Golovkin have not rejected boxing? Would Golovkin be with Tom Loeffler on 360 cards? Um, that's kind of what, I, what I'm wondering. And Canelo, I mean, how would it have impacted him? Would it have impacted him if he would have lost that fight? Because, you know, he'd lost the Mayweather fight in 2013 and he'd not lost since. He was becoming quite a dominant force at that point. Would he have gone on to have lost to Dimitri Bibol? Who knows if he would have lost to Golovkin? There's, there is a lot of what-ifs in this trilogy, actually. When you say it like that, I can agree with you. There is a lot of what-if moments where you could honestly look back on it and go, well, if this would have happened, that could have played out. Or if uh, that would have happened, maybe something else would have played out. What if Canelo would have been banned for longer than six months? What if would he have been banned for at least 12 months? Would that have eroded his skills as a fighter you know we, we just we're never going to know the answers to it but i think for you guys listening really all this is all about is 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 our own sort of interpretations of how we see this trilogy and for you guys listening it's always good to to hear from you about how you perceive this how does it compare to other trilogies like we've mentioned do you see it as one of the great trilogies of all time or is it just one of those trilogies that 
you look at it and you think it could have been better. It could have been a great, great trilogy. It's just, it had the components, it had everything it needed for it, but it just wasn't able to deliver on, say, another level, like a Fury Wilder. And I make the comparison again because of the drama that happened in all three of the fights between those two. And I've already said, and I've been quite transparent about the fact that Fury versus Wilder will definitely be a legendary night for a, for a future season because it has everything in it and every story behind it to certainly cover. And when I look back on doing this Golovkin and Canelo episode, I look back and I think, yeah, you know what? There are a lot of what-ifs, but still, I still enjoyed the... The circus that surrounded it, I still enjoyed everything that came with it. I still enjoyed the fact that it actually happened because it could have been a, a what-if moment because they never fought each other. I'm just really, really glad that they both got the opportunity to to compete with one another. And although sometimes the right results didn't happen, for me personally, it was a moment in time that I'll be fondly remembering because of what it brought to the sport and the eyes and I think the sports world did sort of stand still for a moment when these fights happened, and as a result of it, it created it created more hype in the sport. I mean, that's just my opinion. Luke, do you have any any final thoughts on this particular tale and your memories of it, and and, and obviously your journey through this sport as a, a videographer and and as a writer and as a podcaster? Is it is there anything that you can sort of bleed into there with what you've covered with their trilogy? Yeah, I mean, um, to me, this is the best kind of legendary nights. You had one fight, which is going to be debated for the rest of time. The second fight, Canelo overachieved in a fight that I think a lot of people thought he'd lose. And the third fight, uh, Golovkin was completely washed. So it's like these three fights that never captured the prime of either fighter. I think that kind of leads to a very interesting and fascinating look at where boxing was at the end of the last decade, right? Coming out of Floyd Mayweather, it was, we're looking to make great fights, but we're also looking to do it on our own terms. And Canelo definitely had a little bit of Floyd where it was like, this guy Golovkin looks really tough. Let me wait until this is the most beneficial for me. I think a lot of people will agree in that opinion as well, to be honest with you. Uh, guys, if you've listened and you felt very much the same as us, I always say let us know. But even if you haven't and you've got a completely opposite 360 opinion let us know you can let us know on the social media channels at legend night pod on x or you can find us at btr boxing pod on x or btr boxing podcast network on all available media platforms that are out there obviously we hope you've enjoyed this after show and the tale of canelo versus triple g there is only one more episode left of the season as long with another after show one final after show for this season and for this year it's been a pleasure so far doing this with yourself, Lukey. I've really, really been sitting down and dissecting these episodes and just talking about our own personal feelings towards or how they relate to certain moments in our lives. It's really, really good to do that. But I also wanted to give you a moment, of course, to share the, the fact that you've got some goings-on within your own boxing media journey at the moment. So I think it might be a, sort of let the world know that... Um, You've got some good stuff going on in boxing meet. Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, so as everyone knows, I'm part of like the the Pro Box TV. I'd say like the the, the grinding to make it uh, news team. You know, not an established talent like the legends like Tris Dixon or Paulie Malignaggi. Just someone that's helping get this company off the ground. Um, doing the 
the ugly work, right? The frontline soldiers. And this week on Friday, we acquired the company, acquired ProBox, acquired Boxing Scene. So some of my writing as of now will appear on Boxing Scene along with ProBox. And honestly, anybody that enjoys this, if you could stop by Boxing Scene and give us a little support because we're working extremely hard to make the site as good as it's ever been, keeping the level of integrity that that, that institution of boxing has had, and just any little bit of support because uh, we wouldn't even know the amount of sacrifice people have been putting in on all sides from the tech team to everything. It's not very fun to share with a podcast audience, but it is. I do want to applaud everybody because everyone's playing a part. We're trying to give everyone the best experience possible. And I think maybe I'm too close to the sun. So like I, I care because I'm so involved, but I really hope that people that are fans can go there and they don't feel like they're missing out on anything. Like they feel like if they didn't know that there was a change in ownership, they wouldn't notice a thing. So if you take time and go there, I know I'm talking too long, but um, if you can support us, it would really, really mean a lot. I couldn't have said that by myself. Well, do you know what? I'll, I like all the sentiments, really. Like I know there's a lot of people that listen to this show, guys, that you, you follow Lukey. You've you've even commented about how you've found Lukey through listening to us, and he's, he's really humbling to know these sort of things that have happened. So this is a good moment that if you follow ourselves and you follow Lukey and you, you want to really support us in, in any way possible, well, Lukey's got an opportunity here, which is... Uh, a real, real game changer for him and, and what he's been doing for the years of work that he's been putting into this. So it'd be really good that if you are a lover of boxing scene and you are a connoisseur of boxing scene and it's something that you've always tuned into and looked for and wanted to use as a source of news for the sport, please go and do it. Even if it's for the sake of doing it to support Lukey just as an individual, please just go and do it because we know how much hard work goes into putting these things together and the stress that it causes behind the scenes. People don't truly appreciate how hard it is to put something like this together and to be a part of without knowing truly how little time you have on your own hands to be able to do things in your personal life when you're putting that much in to this sport, which can be a massively thankless task at time as well. So this is why I'm saying please go and support Lukey with everything that he's doing as well because... It's an absolute pleasure to have him on the show and a, and a privilege to have him on the show because he's going to be a very busy boy over the next few months and he's going to be involved in a lot of great projects which we're really hoping continue to flourish and plug forward a great consistent place to go box news. But that brings an episode to an end and we are really pleased to have done another episode of The After Show talking about canelo versus triple g if you have enjoyed the episode let us know on spotify by dropping a comment below please let us know on social media at legend night pod or btr boxing pod but that is another week done and dusted big thanks to go to lukey and to everybody listening thank you for listening to this episode of the legendary nights podcast the after show canelo and triple g But unfortunately, it'll never happen. Crunch! Punches and punches! And it is over! I think it's gonna be over. I'll go and put trouble against the ropes! 
have to say there seems an element of genuine hate between these two Ambrose. For sure. I don't hate the man. Just imagine if you bought a ticket. Stop it, Frank. You can stop it any time. Castillo's in trouble. Leach steps in and the fight is over. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.